fellow investigators and welcome back to our video podcast into the darkness where my friends and i play the call of the role-playing game i'm your host tom Rayley. our campaign is the two-headed serpent it was written by matthew sanderson paul fricker scott dorward and it was edited by mike mason it's available from the chaosium website our game master is matthew sanderson and this is episode 32 now for the recap you're listening to WITV radio So without any further delays, let's continue our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Right. Thank you very much, Tom. So after having the phone call come through from Casale that had been rerouted from your, um, your public lab, a public workshop, uh, Magnus makes his excuses, as he says he's got some errands to run, and then uh, departs for the evening. So leaving leaving just you four guys left at the... Um, at the warehouse, along with Zoe and also um, poor Angel's mum as well. Hey, Audrey. Well, uh, so, what do you want to do? So, uh, I'm to be honest, after that whole uh, trip to Iceland and everything, I'm I'm a little underexcited. You want to break into uh, uh, Caduceus and see what Meadum's got in his safe? 
tonight. Yeah, why not? We could use the uh, those spheres. Yeah, I thought I was thinking about that. I think I'm gonna uh, use this matte black paint over here and uh, paint the bottom hemisphere so that they can't be seen from the ground. Mm -hmm. No little blinking lights, no freaking people out. That's a good this, idea. The top will be clear so you can see where you're going. Is Connor's pet snake person here? Oh yeah, he is. Gabe. Um, Gabe. Gabe. Gabe, that's right. Now, I've uh, I've been working on some, some uh, paralyzing serums for snake people, studying their anatomy so much. I was wondering maybe without making an announcement to him, if I could just try a tiny bit into the arm just to see if it stiffens yeah. up the arm. Before, before we start using Gabe as a lab rat, he needs to teach me consume likeness first. Oh, okay. I remember he's a guest in our house. Oh, this wouldn't hurt him or kill him. It's just to see if it, it would be a one hundredth of a, of a dose to just see if it tightens in the muscle. That's all. It would be fully worked out within hours. Oh, I won't interfere. Okay, I, will, I won't until you've learned what you need, Connor. By the way, does Connor right now look like a snake person? Oh, yes. Scales and everything. <laughs> I, I don't see the change. <laughs> Those unblinking, cold, lifeless eyes. <laughs> While Adi paints up the, the craft, I'm going to power through another chapter of this book. I'm getting towards the end. So, mm -hmm. yeah. In fact, if you want to, if you're, if you want to, as you say, power through it, um, give me an English roll. Hey, Adi, don't waste your time painting it. Have Dave, Gabe do that for you. 18. Gabe can help. So it's just shy of an extreme. Okay. Um, do you want to spend the luck to make an extreme? Yeah. I have 98 luck, so. <laughs> hey, might as well use a couple of points. Three luck I use. Right. In which case, you can, as you say, power through it and get to the end. So there are some rewards Oh. Well, some people call it rewards. Some people call it uh, curse of gaining such knowledge. So you're going to get the following. This is from True Magic. As it says, a small and crumbling man, um, handbound manuscript, a veritable encyclopedia of devil's law. Uh, we'll do sanity loss first of all. So that's one d eight. Excuse me. Three points. Okay. You, you've read and seen worse. And then four points of Cthulhu Mythos. Okay. <laughs> now, yeah, that'll lower it. Okay. That lowers obviously your max as well, which is getting uh, perilously low. I am at 50 max right now. Okay. And my Mythos is four, you said, right? Four points, yep. So I am at 49 Cthulhu Mythos. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Jeez. Who, who needs cultists when you've got, uh, when you've got Gerhardt? <laughs> Resident expert. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you want to refer to anything from this specifically, its Mythos rating is 18. So that's the, uh, the percentage chance of finding something specifically in that volume. But 
given your own knowledge, you probably find out more just by thinking yourself. <laughs> and then there are various spells inside. So, ones that you know are there. We'll probably take a little bit of time if you want to, because you haven't cast any of these yet, so there's going to be, if you did try to cast them, you have to go through the, uh, the power roll process, because, say, our first time. Call for the Spirit of the Air. You're fairly sure that's, that would bring a creature of some kind to you, not anything godlike, but definitely a creature of some kind. Uh, call forth the One. A very similar one that's called forth the winged one. Speak with the dark one. That does seem a very a uh, bit more powerful than the others. Speak with the dark one. Yeah, speak with the dark one. He's on my head already. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It's uh, the way the entity is described in that. It's. It doesn't have the same kind of anthropomorphic features that the, the guy in your head, uh, dear old Neafilotep, has. This seems something more, not alien because it said it comes up from the ground, but something that's weirder. Yeah, something almost like a, a sentient oil slick, but something that's on, on a par with a god. Those, those are the major ones that you can spot for the moment. So, but yeah, otherwise, you have, you've pretty much digested all the, all the info from it. Okay. I'm slowly seeping into an insanity. Oh, with this perfect recall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> there we go. So, are you setting Gabe to, uh, to work painting the bottom of the, the sphere or... You I'm gonna I'm gonna work on it with him, and I'll probably have a conversation with him. Okay. You know, I look forward yep. to a world where we all can get along with one another, <laughs> with the monkeys in charge. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he's he he does seem to find it a bit uh, a bit of a weirder tool to be using. He hasn't used a uh, used a brush like this, especially with paint. As I was saying, we normally have uh, or had people to or things to do this for us. This is a weird situation I find myself in. Yeah, otherwise he's, he's quite happy to make small talk. Yeah. Um, so between the two of you, it probably only takes you about 10 or 15 minutes to paint the whole thing. Um, it's not exactly a um, an artistic job that takes a lot of detail. Okay. I, uh, you got some paint on you. I show him how the shower works you okay, probably yeah. want hot water hot water is better than cold water but i don't know mm -hmm. what you people like yeah he says the the warmer the better after being in iceland all that length of time and he has been slapping this around so yeah he is kind of not covered but definitely spotted in paint all over and as i as i uh, uh walk back into the room i just i say to connor i say look i'm gonna be nice to him you can be whatever you want he's yours but uh, I hope that we ultimately can all work this out and we all live together and we've got neighbors who are snake people and, you know, we fought for that a uh, hundred years ago. Actually, not a uh, hundred years. I guess it was a hundred. Oh, Civil War. Mm -hmm. Everybody should be treated the same. 
and Dr. Marcello through this this little period of setting up the sphere? Oh yes, I would be like to uh, finish setting up my three different best leads for creating my uh, paralyzing neuromuscular toxins for snake people. I just think it might just come in so handy eventually. And then while those are setting and finishing up, um, I will continue probing those, uh, the, uh, the baby suits to uh, find out how on earth do they keep alive? Just think. Well, you can give me a medicine roll. Oh, certainly. Oh, I'm so excited. It's hard to hold the dice off. Oh, wonderful. 17. What's that? Is that a medicine? Oh, 80. So, um, oh, darn it. Just missed by one. Uh, oh. Spend that one point of luck. I'm I'm going to spend one point of luck. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So I, that is okay. And an extreme. Okay. Well, you've got plenty of samples that you brought back from Iceland of all the, uh, all the various guards and serpent people that uh, you dispatched between you or mostly Connor dispatched single-handedly and then wore back to, uh, to here as he was drenched in most of them. Um, that you've got plenty of material to work with, so that's not a problem getting the various different uh, raw materials for your neurotoxin ready. So that's that's definitely got working its way in the corner to get that uh, to get that worked out. And while that's kind of percolating, um, having a look at the environmental suits, yeah, they, it's fairly obviously you've seen the process by which they were put together in the first place. It appears that all of the bone or the skeletal structure of the body has been removed and then the rest of the flesh has been a combination of stretched and manipulated by inserting more and more layers of fat so that it makes it fairly robust and then having the internal organs almost consumed within this uh, kind of fatty layer as it's then stretched and expanded to almost the limit of its um, of the kind of tensile strength of uh, of human flesh and skin. Uh, it's still, for all intents and purposes, a human body, just one that's been blown up to massive proportion with this interior um, hollow so that someone or a figure that's roughly human size can fit within it. Um, so it's got the self-sealing uh, front that opens and closes like a, uh, like a Ziploc bag that the flesh just kind of <laughs> scoop, uh, comes itself together and the head doing the same thing flops over. Uh, there are still the organs inside, so you can feel um, where the heart is. You can feel it's still um, still pumping. Um, you can feel the, uh, the movement of fluids and other nutrients going through the um, the intestines, both small and large, and before it can then connects to the uh, the rear as it would do normally. Uh, because it is still alive, it still needs to breathe, so it can't be submerged in uh, in fluid for a while, or as it, it will drown, like a normal person would drown. And keeping it alive is essentially a liquid um, that you have also got samples of from um, having taken a, pot, um, a bucket full of it, remember, or a canister full of it from the armory where the tubes were hanging down that were feeding them. Um, it's essentially a, a liquid that conveys a mixture of uh, vitamins, um, 
sugars, basically the, the core building blocks of nutrients that would keep a, a normal human being alive. Um, tastes pretty sweet, but kind of gloopy. As long as, as long as, yeah, as, as long as it's, uh, as long as it's continually fed to them, um, well, not say continually fed, but on a regular basis that they receive at least a certain amount of it. A bit like a kind of a cupful a day or two cupfuls would be enough to keep it going. It's like um, having a bunny, a, a bunny rabbit in a hutch with a, uh, with a little tube that they can suck on it as and when they need. They don't necessarily get through a lot of it, but that a whole, a whole bottle of that stuff would keep them going for a few days. And you think that with with a little analysis, trying to work out exactly what's in it, that that's just going to be a matter of a few hours. Um, that there's no reason why you wouldn't be able to synthesize this same kind of um, the same kind of fluid and be able to keep the keep this thing alive indefinitely. This is fantastic, and I, I'm quite the chemist. I'm sure I could reverse engineer this. Maybe with a little help from Audi, we could. Oh, this this could really help keep people alive who might need to be kept alive while going through rigorous procedures. Baby food. Hmm. Well, not. Not necessarily to be using such a suit and harming somebody and, and creating a suit out of them, but to use its other applications to keep someone that would otherwise lead a normal life alive through very tricky procedures. All this yeah. talk about life while these things are currently begging to die. I like you, Dr. Vassell. <laughs> yeah, I'll give him a, a, a or future focused. A, a eventual. Uh, uh, merciful death just need to get just a little bit more information no i, I wasn't worried about that i'm just, just complimenting surprised. you on your uh glory to nature uh you know we didn't do this to them and dr Marcello can at least do the research that he can do but yeah i wouldn't uh, I don't think you should make any more of these things, but oh, maybe no. you'll find information out about how to keep something alive. That uh, precisely that's but, my goal. I'm I'm especially interested in this. Uh, we'll, into, we'll call it a zipper mechanism because you've got the flesh zipping and unzipping. There's obviously some mechanism there. I wonder if that could be used to heal wounds. You know, precisely. if you could just zip up, you get a cut on your hand, you just zip it back together. But uh, then have the it's still gross the fuck out of me. Oh my god! Well, if you're gonna start your your little research notes, there, doctor, uh, I think you should definitely uh, write down that they are very comfortable to wear. It's the it's the tongue it's that's they me out. They're warm and cozy. It's like a that's big hug. If it's it's, it's kind of when you talk, the tongue sticking out and doing the <laughs> this is really freaking me out. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, at the at the end of that, taking all my notation, I make sure um, if I don't have an immediate test subject to try a little bit of the paralyzing neuromuscular toxin, then I'll keep three sets um, in uh, in a case in a nice secure case that I'll carry with me, so then I can change out and rotate through if if need be. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's not a problem. So that all that's probably only going to be taking you about maybe half an hour 
So by the time that, uh, say, Gerhard's uh, pounded through everything, uh, pounded through the book, um, Odd and Gabe painted the bottom of the sphere. Say, Marcelo's got his uh, array of stuff and he's uh, looking over the baby. What's Connor doing? <laughs> uh, sniffing no. the air with my tongue. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm probably resting given that I've been shot multiple times with a lightning gun in the last, like, half an hour. Yeah. I'm taking it pretty easy. Still singed. Maybe just kicking back, listening to Gerhard mm -hmm. uh, spout off all this stuff to uh, to Johnny's mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he was uh, reading the whole thing aloud in the, in the kitchen. So you're catching the... Um, Catching the trailing sections of this, probably again, look, uh, going over references, trying to work out what this kind of sentient oil slick thing is. But yeah, there's uh, information that maybe once upon a time would would have disturbed your uh, little human mind. I mean, your mind is still human, but your body is very, very much far from that now. So it's uh, going to take a little bit of getting used to realizing you've got claws for, for hands. You know, that, that tongue does stick out a long, long way and that you've got fangs that you can almost, you can feel the poison sac, uh, sacs filling um, above, the t above the roof of your mouth and that they're just waiting there for you to, in uh, to inject them with a, uh, with a thrust of muscle. Here, I got, a, I got a little space heater for you. Connor, let me set that up right here. Stop playing with your teeth. I'll plug it I... in. Yeah, now this will... Because I figure you're a lot chillier than the rest of us. Yeah, it is. It is pretty cold in here, on. So it's one of those little little space heaters that has a little fan and a little red, you know, heats up. Plug it in. Old fashioned thing. Can I help heal any more of Connor? Maybe tend to his charred wounds. I think his wounds have pretty much been tended to uh, last time around, so it's just a case of natural healing process now. Gerhard, what are you up to in there? Oh, I just learned this amazing spells. We can, I can call forth a winged one, which I think might be one of those those things we... That, I don't know, maybe. The thing by the plane, that attack the plane, I think I can summon them now. And also I can talk to some demon... So from the inner earth, or more digging? Uh, I don't know his name. Oh, have have you told our guest about the the plane story, Gerhard? No, not yet. I plan on enlightening her about that later. Um, I can call an air spirit, and I tell him all this stuff. But what, uh, yes. What what time are we gonna break in? What what are we going to get? That's my question. Information mostly, but uh, I think that we're. Um, we're, we, uh, at least Dr. Marcelo and I, I don't know why you weren't included, but uh, we were talking about sort of splitting the body. Um, uh, Connor is going to go uh, into Meadham's office and see if he can get into the safe, find out more information. And I think Dr. Marcello was suggesting that you guys go back down to the library and uh, pill for whatever you can. Yes, uh, that's what I want. Now that's that's halfway down the building, though, so you're going to have to be careful. My guess there's going to be some guests. But we could, with the pods, if we could find a, a window on the outside of the building leading into the library, we could just hover there and you could climb out and maybe get in. 
Well, I agree with that, and it's a good idea, but they're aware of pods, too, so we have to make sure they can't. That's why so here's, the here, here's an idea. Maybe it's a little less time efficient. But, I mean, look at me. If they see me and I get caught and I shout some drivel about Satsugiwa will decimate Yig or whatever, we could definitely blame the inner night. They don't have to know that we're involved at all. Oh, they yeah. don't know I'm a snake. Well, right, but of course they might think that you're with the inner night and kill you. Not if I kill them first. Because Connor is not just a snake person, but he's quite adept at murdering people. I think, I mean, you know, maybe you should go in. You go in alone. I'll, I'll keep watch over the pods. And guys, if you want to sneak down to the, the library. All right. But, it's, but if they're spotted in the library, that, that's the thing. Well, I'm just thinking if we go in at 3 o'clock in the morning. And we do yeah. have... Uh, uh, level three security pass already That's true that is and, true and we do uh research uh, i have a lab here so i mean there would be reason my guess is that the it, if it's the night watch we've never even met the night watch the night yeah. watch would say who are you and you say well i'm doctor this and show them your card and okay mm -hmm. okay I still think it's better that we're off record try yeah we'll try yeah. staff right oh yeah I'm very sneaky, so. And I do like Connor's idea. Um, I think you should make it look like the, because they're going to know that the office was robbed. Absolutely make it look like the internet did it. That's a great idea. Yeah, I mean, we're not just, just steal things. We've been kind of secretly taking pizza stuff. But we could just take things now. Do we have anything that, wait a second, wait a second. What's Gabe wearing? Does he have anything on? Um, well, he did have a baby suit until someone took it away from him. Um, other than what? that, he's not wearing anything. No, okay. no, no. It's it, it's easy. We just have to we just have to carve yep. Needham's regards into his desk. I mean, yeah, you can do that. I was just hoping maybe there was some sort of insignia that uh, Gabe had uh, that you could tear off and throw. Not on his. Hey, body. Gabe. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Is there any is there any messages that like the internet typically leaves for followers of Yig after a raid? Oh, um, Do you mean business to take credit for something? Normally, normally just butchering as many people as the, as we find. Um, it's making a point of ripping or ripping them apart, almost uh, called defiling corpses. So making sure that not only have people been stabbed or shot that they've been ripped limb from limb that the the whole scene is made to look as as much of a scene of carnage as possible which as he's saying this does ring true very much with the state that you found the uh the mobsters in their supposed uh, supposed safe house seem right. a lot like that well so, so, kind of don't like kill all the gods and spread them around i mean yeah, not all of them. Don't do if, if I see all. one, if I see one, they still might have families and children and shit. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm just saying, if it was me, that's I'd have some ethics about it. But you're the one in charge of the operation, so you do it. What do you want to do? 
I suppose lipstick wouldn't work very well. It's be very convincing. You could take a big snake dump in there on the desk. You could car carve the Sotaku uh, image onto the medium's desk. That's that's kind of fizzy and artist. <laughs> oh, there are various different, almost um, hieroglyphic versions of Sothogwa huh. that you could do. So anything that's a glyph that vaguely re uh, represents the uh, uh, the horned toad would be. Gerhardt would know, wouldn't he? I, oh yes. I sketch it out into a sheet of paper and I hand it to Connor. Perfect. Yeah, that's easy enough to carve. Wouldn't wouldn't take you too long. Carve some in uh, some of the victims' foreheads too. Ooh. Do you know what? Wait, wait. That could backfire. That could badly backfire. Because if you let them know that we were in their office, I'm not us. But you're letting them know that somebody was in there. They could just immediately change all of their plans, and then all of the knowledge that you gain is useless. Odd, as soon as he opens the safe, he's going to know somebody was in the office. A matter of six or eight hour difference isn't going to mean much. I'm not sure that he knew before that we were in the office. We didn't take anything. No, but if we if we take their information, in particular any books that they have where they're trying to find Moo, it will set them back a great deal. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's not a bad that, idea. That's why that's I want to take things. You do have the camera, too. So Right, but see, if we, if we take things and then we blame the inner night... Yeah. And we could also, if we really want to set them back, we take what is valuable to us and we could either acid or torch the place. We still want to get into the basement. Basement, yeah. We don't want to do oh, okay. too, too much. You know what? Yeah. You could write all over everything, see you in Calcutta. Why? It was with you guys in Calcutta. Well, the Queen, I believe, is in Calcutta. Well, we've already mentioned it to Rose Meadham. We could make them all converge in Calcutta and blow each other into smithereens while we take over Mo. And uh, it could knock each other out. That would be fantastic. And secure the lab that we will then use to take over the world. I mean, you could carve in the desk the symbol of Satagua and screw you, Dad, or F you, Dad. <laughs> How do you say that in the call? Oh, here. Do you think <laughs> Do you think Rose is really his his child? I don't think so. No, Rose. Rose, yeah. the snake person that is Rose, is the snake person who is Meadum's daughter. Oh, you think so? Yeah, she said so. They said yeah. so. Yeah. So they're faking it in humanity, <laughs> and they're actually father and daughter in snake life. They're, they're snake people, father and daughter. Considering and the way that where... snakes lay eggs, he'll probably say, you are the 674th daughter that I most hate. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what are you saying about my kind, Adi? Yeah. Uh, we don't know which kind you are. It's hard to tell. I'm just thinking, if we do avoid which it, we will avoid uh, torching the place and aciding it up uh, because we want to get down to the basement. Uh, so we would then at least have to make it very difficult for anyone to know that we raided the office because once 
once it's discovered the raid has occurred, then security is going to go through the roof. No, but that's 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 good for us. We just because killed them then we just snatch guy. we snatch a security guy. I consume his likeness. Oh, I see. What and I security think. is crawling all over the place. So another security person making the rounds. Gabe, I did. Gabe, I know you're liking that 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 heater, but come over here. You got to teach him to consume likeness thing. Before we go, he gets up and he gets up and waddles on over. Says, "Well, do you want to uh, take a seat down uh, on the uh, on the sofa down by the heater, and I can I can run you through it." And the the best way would be to actually learn by um, to learn by actually uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Got practical learning. So you actually be uh, hands kind of on, doing hands it. on experience. So you yeah. need to go home. Go home. I uh, you could call for a takeout. Why don't the two of you go out on the street somewhere for a bit? Just a bad neighborhood in that direction. Walk in Central Park till somebody tries to mug you and then, We're in Queens. Uh, how how far is Central oh, Park from Queens? No, forget it. Like, yeah. No, but there's yeah, a bad neighborhood over there. Mugged. There's drunks and, and there's lousy people. Um, aside from that, uh, guys, I think I just had an idea. Why don't I, if we can get to a window where the, where the, the, the library is, um, I, can, uh, I can hover outside the window in the pod and you can fill me up with books. Excellent. And then I can go up on the roof, grab the next pod, come back down, fill that one up with books. I'm almost salivating at the thought of this. Me too. And not just witchy books. I want some uh, tech, techie books too. Witchy and, and medical books. books. And medi and medi books. Chemical, biological. Between Marcelo and myself, we could scan through and pull anything of value. We're all armed. We can set our two arms, lightning guns to pull some to stun. Well, we've got we've got various things. You're paralyzing stuff, and I have to kill people. All right, so let's meet back here at midnight or one, because I think we should do this all about three in the morning. Good idea. And uh, and we'll do that. Good luck, okay, Connor. How long does it take to? Uh... To consume somebody's likeness. Well, Gabe kind of uh, kind of rubs his forehead. Depends on partly the size because you have to consume them fully. So it's uh, how quick can you eat? It's really the uh, key part here. The actual um, the actual mechanism of the or the more esoteric part of the operation is. Uh, is very much secondary to that. It's how it is also how long you can, how long it takes you to completely consume the corpse. I mean, I he kind of tries to lower his voice, especially when uh, if anyone else is around. I, I I do have a little bit of a personal preference. I do like him to have him uh, slightly twitching when I uh, when I chow down. Just it adds a bit more flavour. Otherwise, it can be quite a uh, 
a slog getting through that much meat. But yeah, it's you remember you're going to have to uh, to like what you have because you're going to be not forced uh, forced to keep it forever. I mean, you, you could if you wanted to. You could eat numerous people and then choose from the different visages um, that you have available to you. Um, I I know a couple. It's uh, yeah. You want to be uh, you want to be happy with what you eat, because you will be it when you want uh, when you want to be. Okay, good to know. Let's go. Mm-hmm. You should okay, consider um, kind of think... letting him show you, and then if you're going to do a guard, because two meals in one night. <laughs> hey, would Would you prefer if I put on one of my put on one of my faces? That would probably help us move. Yeah, I'll, I'll need some. I'll need some clothes. Uh, if you've got any, if you've got any spare. Yeah, you can use any of mine. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got uh, red plaid and, and orange plaid and green plaid and overall. Say it's just pick pick your color, but it's always going to be plaid. He goes into the uh, goes into the bedroom, and then about a couple of minutes later. He comes back out and has a very distinct uh, Icelandic appearance. So a uh, man of fairly average height, uh, fairly cool blue eyes, um, short cropped uh, blonde hair. But those looking beyond him can see evidently there is a very Gabe-shaped shadow behind him. Look, look. There's like no gap under his eyes or anything. It's so fucking amazing. Wow. Fantastic. Yeah, it's um, it's not permanent. Because if you do remember, if you do take um, if you take a good enough knock or you take a good enough um, a wound, then this uh, this visage will break. But you can replenish it later. Go on, you guys. We'll be here. Okay, and with that, he still heads out with you then. So you're basically heading off into, as you say, the uh, the rough nearby neighbourhood and trying to find the first ne'er do well that comes across you, and then have a ch- have a chow down. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, I, I don't think we need to play it through uh, step by step. Uh, give me a luck roll. Sorry, a what? A luck roll. A luck roll. Mm-hmm. Ooh, a twelve is a pass. Okay. Well, in which case, then it doesn't take you too long to find someone. Uh, you can find someone. Uh, well, in fact, what kind of specification of person are you looking for? Hmm. I don't. I'm not really looking for anybody's specific at this point just whoever whoever is convenient okay that doesn't matter build or gender or anything just if i mm-hmm. get a target that's okay well normally it'll be someone um that we're going to be uh going for sexual stereotypes if someone was out that late at night and tried to hold you up as an air dwell i'm kind of picturing it would be a, a man in his maybe mid to late 20s early 30s um 
probably say New York native uh, with a kind of flat cap and a switchblade would be the. Okay. Uh, no, so that's so we're going with. <laughs> so somebody exactly like Connor. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Kind of hmm, like I sense my former kind here. That's with, uh, with the two of you. If you want to give me a fighting brawl roll to truncate this down, just to see uh, how the fight 55 goes. 55 is a pass. Okay, in which case, it's between you and uh, having Gabe. The two of you are able to overcome him and uh, knock him unconscious. At that point, he suggests taking him back to the... Uh, taking him back to Odd's place. Because, as I said, this is not going to be a slow... Uh, not going to be a quick process. You're going to need some time and privacy to do this. So holding this guy uh, that you've given a good mean right hook to uh, almost dislocated his jaw in the process he's got a head slouched down and you two carrying him between you almost as though you were taking a drunk friend home um, you come back to the you come back to the um, lab about, about an hour later you guys are back here already oh Jesus Christ go in the room Oh, Connor, I noticed Audie had some Worcestershire sauce in the uh, refrigerator, in case you're interested. He'll end up smelling like fish. I don't think it's that kind of eating. I Giant get bottle of Tabasco. And walk out of the room, just so my nose and another book. <laughs> okay. In which case, yeah, it leads you through into the kitchen. Uh, and suggests clearing the table and laying him down there and saying, yeah, we can make use of some of the uh, some of the tools here. He, he picks up a large cleaver. Um, have you got any um, plastic sheeting? This could probably be, uh, may get a bit messy. Oh, oh. Fuck, I don't know where Zoe keeps it. Hold on. I'm sure I've got plastic sheeting. Yeah, here. Oh, my God. I, I do know, know how here. to dissect a human body with minimal bloodshed. All right, so we're going to cover everything in plastic. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Uh, John's mom. Oh, um, Audrey. Audrey. Uh, maybe Audrey should stay in the hotel. <laughs> yeah, Audrey's already looking at what's going on here and just saying, "I'm going to um, find a sofa to um, cry on." Yeah, and just really leaves the room. <laughs> Oh, the things we've gotten ourselves into. All right. Nobody saw you? No. Have at it. Oh, wait. Here, this will probably work better. I've got a few implements for cutting things that'll Mm -hmm. cut through the bone really quick. (laughs) Having gathered a whole array of tools, um, Doctor at the Standby to make some... uh, Swift cuts to open him up pretty quick if need be. Uh, Gabe starts running you through the mental preparation for what you need to do and then how you need to consume the corpse and what you need to do in the process. So can you give me an int roll? I'm going to ask for uh, under half. I'll spend nine points of luck. Okay. In which case you you are able to comprehend what he's saying. And definitely something almost almost instinctual reacts in you to this thinking, yeah, this 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 makes sense. This is perfectly normal. This is this is you now. 
and this this is going to work. So you can learn the consume likeness spell, so you can add that to the sheet. Uh, first off, though, for your initial casting, you are going to need to give me a hard power roll. Where yeah, are you? I will spend another six points of luck to get that one as well. Mm -hmm. No problem. Okay, I'm just reading through this because it's been a little while since I've uh, cast this one. And this is the part of the show where Connor now loses all of his sanity. Hmm. <laughs> right. Now, this normally say would take quite some time um, if you're prepared to chow down or as basically as fast as you can through the corpse uh, you can give me a con roll okay an 18 is a hard success okay do you want to spend any more to get it down to an extreme or I'll spend, spend two points get an extreme okay in which case, then, the, the quickest you are able to get this down to is six hours. So this is still a huge hunk of meat. So you start pretty much by, well, you start from a point. Gabe says that he always likes to go from the head down so that you can get the brain while it's still warm. Otherwise, it can turn into a bit of mush by the time you uh, later get down there. Down there. And that essentially you, you are skinning the body and then removing the muscle of each part of the body as you work your way from head to toe. Um, but he says you can, if you wanted, if you want to be a cruel sadistic bastard, you could always start from the feet and work up. And they, well, they will eventually die from the process anyway, but at least you'll get that little bit of a, a wiggle out of them if you want to have uh, some live food while you start. So which, which do you want to go down? Um, no, I have no real preference either way. So, okay. Well, say Gabe suggests to say for if you want to have at least a tasty bit to uh, for your first time, probably want to start from the head down. I say get the brain while it's warm and scoop out all those uh, those juicy brains. Uh, it takes ten magic points for every six hours of this process. So as you're as you've got your extreme uh, success on your con roll, that's just going to be 10 straight off. You also sacrifice five points of pow. Okay. And the good bit that everyone's waiting for, 1d20 sanity. Yeah, no, that's fair. Ooh, 13. <laughs> right, that sounds like it's going to be about a madness. Um, give me a pow roll. Well, yeah, you don't don't need to roll your int because that's way well. No, roll roll your int anyway for being over over five. Yep, no, that's a pass. Okay, so yeah, definitely out of madness territory. But again, one extra point of Cthulhu Mythos, so always a plus. And also give me a pow roll. That's a pass. Sixty-one. Right, you're, uh, that buzzing in your head almost comes to the forefront, almost wanting to take control, but you're able to, you're able to resist and hold on to, uh, to yourself 
even though that uh, definition of yourself is uh, becoming a lot lot different today, these days. So yeah, you you remain you at least, but you do you do flip out a little bit. So this is from those of you that are outside the room. So I don't imagine anyone's watching this unless they unless they want to. I imagine Doctor Marcella wants to watch it, but um, I texted you. Carehart and I are in the other room, mm -hmm. um, sort of conferring with my knowledge of the Miko technology and his knowledge of the books. Gotcha. I'm, I'm next to the to where they're doing this, uh, but just in the other room. I'm I'm more focused on studying my notes, and if they need me, I'm I'm right around the corner. Gotcha. Okay, so having not witnessed it directly, you do not need to make a sand check, so that's fine. Um, you do hear uh, Connor as he's gobbling down uh, the last bits of the corpse that maybe as the full impact of this is setting in and you're trying to desperately hold on to yourself, that Gabe is there to not restrain you, but at least make sure that you don't do yourself an injury as you thrash and uh, realise that this is not exactly a, um, a painless process at all. I'm now indefinitely insane, by the way. <laughs> that 13 hit <laughs> was exactly a fifth of my insanity. You need an end of a chapter because that will get rid of uh, indefinite insanity in pulp. Uh, I was just so, thinking yeah, that we, we probably need a different list for snake people than we do for humans <laughs> of, of indefinite insanities. Mm -hmm. I say his, his brain is still human, so it still react, uh, reacts oh, accordingly. Then. Yeah, there we go. When you finally start to calm down as this internal internal struggle and you finally stops, um, you look down at your hands and find that they're not clawed anymore. But they're also not the not the hands that you were familiar with previously from your from your days as being human. And having a look in the well, the window, the reflection on the glass. Yeah, you're you're looking into the uh, into the face that you devoured a few hours ago, and that you remember sliding down, sliding down into your gullet, and that you've still got a very full stomach. But yeah, you are looking into the face of uh, a man you killed to give yourself a new face. A little, little disconcerting which definitely uh, mm -hmm. is wrapped up in that uh, 13 points of sand loss that you take. <laughs> Just sit there staring at the mirror for a long time. <laughs> yeah, otherwise Gabe gives you a uh, pat on the, uh, on the shoulder and just nods his head. Says it's, it's as easy as that. Trust me, it gets easier over time. Well, that's there are, good. There are only monkeys. Only monkeys. Oh, you're muted. Uh, it's almost three o'clock. Uh, now are you going to be up for it? Well, let's let's go. Let's not waste. Now, I don't think our plan of, of consuming somebody there is going to work. Because you don't have another six hours and you're currently like this. No. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was plowing through it as fast as you physically could but at least they they don't know who this is no not at all 
this whole process could take days if you rolled fairly mediocrely. You're you're aware of that. Yeah, if we're gonna do it on it. Well, Connor and I have, I was trying to work out a problem. Um, after I read, after I read the information at the uh, the facility in Iceland, I have reason to believe that I might have been premature in asking you you two to pick up these canisters. There may have been some sort of personality transfer. I want to see if I can put it back the way that it is. Do either one of you feel weird, like somebody's in your head? I, I definitely don't feel right. There's some, some sort of mental struggle and fatigue I experienced when I first picked that container up. Well, there are brains inside these containers with uh, full conscious personalities, and uh, I'm not sure what consciences are there, but they may have tried to superimpose. It's like rewriting well, it, part of your brain. Well, if snake people just didn't try to steal stuff they didn't understand, this wouldn't be a problem. This well, I was the one who, I guess, who was the blame? Well, we'll figure it out. So working with Odd, with my mythos and his recall, can I and my recall, can we come up with a, at least a base plan to do that? I mean, I have to roll. To try and get the personality back in the brain, brain well, case. Yeah, I'm imagining that I'm going to have to build something, hook all the canisters together with a little thing that goes on your head so that... <laughs> well, give me a mythos roll. 26 out of 49? No. Well, this is easy to get out. <laughs> the yeah. sound of it. Um, I got 97, so I can't spend oh. that much luck. Way up. Yeah, the, the thing that Odd will be able to work out then, even on a fail, it's you know what the problem is, you just don't know how to solve it, uh, is that you're fairly sure that it isn't so much a case that a personality has got taken along a ride with them um the best way to describe it would almost be like they mentally looked into a very bright projection and it's almost like an afterburn on the retina oh, that nice. it's an after image right, right. that it's a co it's a copy of what was one of the brains in the in the network it could be any of the brains it might not even be one of the ones that you've brought back or the one they actually grabbed but it's just this lingering um Say this after echo, after yeah, image, an after yeah. image or an echo of a personality in their in their own head, rather than it being a separate a separate entity per se. So the trick would be to try to erase it from their brains. Now I don't even know if that's possible. Myself, after explaining it to him, can he push the roll? Because now I told him my theory, and he can work out the practical end of it. Yeah, but right. You could push the roll if you wanted, um, or because Gerhardt got a success anyway, you can theorize what you uh, various options of what you could do. Now, uh, that using some variant on Migo technology might be able to remove that portion of memory and then put that to one side. Right. Um, that would you wouldn't necessarily need a brain to put that into. It would be just effectively a form like a memory extractor, like a memory or extract. some. Yeah, some there might be other technology out there that can uh, that can do it. Um, would, the would other thing, my, would, uh, oh, go ahead. 
would would uh, would uh, my high rating in biology and chemistry and medicine combined be able to help a little bit? Uh, you could potentially try to work out almost like a um, a drug or a serum that could repress that part of the that part of the brain so that it does you affect almost again like a chemical isolation so that it doesn't come to the forefront um another option depending if anyone's got it would be hypnosis that you could create a mental barrier with inside the mind a block inside the mind yeah that's more in gerhardt's ballywick um i'm thinking yeah that this is some sort of a superimposition on on top of your brain like an after image of somebody else's thoughts first step is i've got to figure out if I can find the materials necessary to to tap into those canisters. And I, I think I understand it because I absorbed a lot of that information from their computer. But then it, it'll be if I can isolate those foreign thought patterns. Getting way out of modern technology, but I think maybe, maybe, maybe if we find some more stuff in... Uh, in, in Caduceus, we can work that out. Now, if you're thinking down the technology route, this is where, so where Gerhardt's success uh, comes in. Um, there is one particular race that you've read about, uh, particularly in that monster Monsters and Their Kind book, um, one that do play around with technology, and it, it does mention a particular um, device called the Tabula Rasa device. Uh, this this group, uh, they're kind of referred to on one hand as being Yithi and the other hand being the great race, um, have a device which can erase memory. So if you can find that um, a device of that nature or the plans to build one, that would be definitely one way to do this. So I explained that to the doctor and odd while I'm assuming Connor's still leading. Well, so, nom, so nom, 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 nom. So, Gerhard, now what you're telling me is that there's another race? Oh, there's as many races as there are planets and stars in the sky. Jesus Christ, it's a wonder wait, we wait made Wait till it. I summon a winged one. Let's not, let's not do that, okay? No, I mean, um, maybe. I've been wanting to wrap a tentacle around what's-her-name's neck. That'll so now you're saying that they're, oh, Jesus. But do we know we don't we haven't had any contact at all with any kind of technology that's did you say Yethian? Yes, Yethians, correct. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll keep our eyes open for Yethian. I think you're right. There we've got answers. we've got Elva things, we've got Miko, we've got snake people, and we've got humans. And a few months ago I thought they were just humans. Ghouls, wormies. Uh, oh, I forgot the worms, the, the, the ghouls. And the... There might be lots of answers in the basement of Caduceus. Or something. You got the blind idiot god. Remember, we're just a dream. This whole existence is his dream. All right. And when he getting... wakes up, don't forget the sleeping one under the water. That's the one that I could use this. Let's just let's just let's just stick to the moment at hand. Don't don't tell me about other things that are out there. And you can tell me over coffee later. Uh, all right, are we gonna do this thing? 
Is uh, Connor up for it? Books and Connor? safe. How you doing, Connor? Need a little milk to wash down that uh, homeless person or whatever he was. Are you going to need a nap maybe after such a large meal? Hibernation sounds like a good, sounds like a, almost like a warm, fuzzy blanket that you could wrap yourself in right now. But Very, you know, very tired. Oh, look, a tooth. <laughs> oh, yeah, you don't eat the teeth. That's ridiculous. I'll make necklace this if you kindly. The bones are stacked up in the corner. <gasps> For real? Oh, I... I grab a thigh bone to create that item that I've been thinking about. Yeah. They're like not dry. I'll... Yeah, they're kind of like a pile of ribs that have been uh, picked and nibbled clean. You could put them in the oven at, say, just 150 for an hour. Good call. Let's do, our, let's do what we're going to do. And we'll get back here, and then you can bake your bones and we have to clean up this fucking mess. I can't have my lab like this. There's blood everywhere. It's just the kitchen. No, it's just my kitchen. I don't own this place. I rent. You rent in this market? <laughs> it's not like you can just find a place in Queens. But my landlord said I could do anything I damn well please, so I did. All right. Are we going to go? Well, as long no as Connor's not going to pass out on us. I, I'll, I'll be fine. Marcelo, you I'll should come fine. up with some sort of drink that's like five times the strength of coffee. You could put it in give him a stimulant, can. yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if it would work on your metabolism. I've been focusing mostly on paralyzing and neutralizing snake people, but um, I can try. Can I try uh, working up a, uh, a stimulant that would last for several hours on a snake person? Oh, just you could go to the pharmacy and buy cocaine in a liquid form. And you don't need to go to. You don't need to go to the pharmacy. I've got a whole box full of cocaine right over there. <laughs> cocaine. And how do you think that I do all this work all the time? <laughs> Well, and remember that um, DeLuca was snorting some of it when you, uh, well, when Magnus uh, came oh. across it. And why not? It's not regulated and it's not considered, nobody even I knows mean, what addiction it's is yet. distributed by Bear Company. Yeah. Would, would my basic understanding of biology and chemistry figure out that this would work on a snake person? Yeah, you, you, you're certainly... You're, well, you're not 100% sure. Probably about 85, 90%. But yeah, you think it would definitely have a have a positive impact. You you can't really think of negative impacts of it. Try that, Gabe. <laughs> hey, Gabe, here, snort this. <laughs> so not only is he full, he's high too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you can definitely you can definitely push yourself for a little bit if you want to go without drugs. Yeah, yeah let's just all right. Let's just go get this over with, and then I'm going to sleep for about eight years. <laughs> all right. Now, if you're planning on taking stuff from the well, library stroke filing room and also the storeroom, because mm -hmm. there's the 
they're fairly close together where you've got a combination of books and other paperwork that's been stored. Remember that the transport spheres can only hold up to two people at a time. So depends on how much you're thinking of looting out of there will, will determine how many of the spheres you want to take. Well, I was thinking there's what, four of us. We'll take four spheres. We'll park them on the roof. Well, we'll, we'll get up to the roof. Then uh, I will take Connor down to the window. I'll then, uh, you guys are going to try to get your way down there on the inside, right? Sounds like. All right. And then I'll meet you at the window of the, or, or, or we'll try, whatever. We'll, we'll get you down to the library window. And then I will wait for you outside the window. You give me a bunch, take back up, switch spheres, come back down. So we'll eventually end up with a person and a bunch of stuff in each sphere. Excellent. And then we can go through the fine detail studying of it later, right. but not there. We'll do a quick summarization of what we're taking and then get out. Right. But uh, so, don't, just, don't just grab any crap. Grab the stuff that looks good. Oh, exactly. Like I said, a brief summarization, but the deep study. Yeah, I don't want to come back here and find out in the morning that we've got like the employee records for the secretarial pool. <laughs> Marcelo, if you catch me trying to read the books while I'm looking, just kindly remove it from my hand. Sometimes I lose myself in. Oh, I will try. I will try, Gerhard. All right. All right so you're, you're taking four spheres and you're all going to the roof? Yeah. Okay. Don't have to worry about uh, power rolls. You've attuned to these. Um, already, so you just remember which ones you've already uh, you've already flown before. Maybe I paint an initial yeah. on the uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you you know which ones that you can ride without having to do uh, without having to attune to a new one. Um, and you zip across to the Medium Building. Um, it is the middle of the night, and having painted each one black underneath. No one sees you. No one looks up. You you arrive without any interruption whatsoever. Um, although you can give me a spot hidden roll, um, each of you when you arrive. I, okay. I found that. Um, Just passed it. Mm -hmm. Forty-four is a pass. Okay. Uh, Seventy-eight. My best on my bonus spot hidden is uh, up. No fail. Okay, so it sounds like only Connor passed. No, I passed. Oh, and, and odd. In which case, the two of you, as you're pulling up to the uh, to the roof, you just glance down over the rim, because also you can't see through the bottom of it now that it's been painted black, but you can see over the rim before you uh, go over the edge, uh, the flat bits of the roof to, to land. You see that there there is a loading bay around the back of the building, so that there's there's various pieces of um, stuff that's delivered during the day and other other stuff that's then posted out. So there, there is normally a fair fair amount of traffic that goes out at the back of the building. Mm -hmm. um, otherwise, even even at this time of night, New York is the city that never sleeps. So there are there's not plenty, but definitely there is traffic out on the road going to and fro down the relatively major road that runs outside the front of the Medium Building. But you do notice that even at this time of night, there is a van that pulls up round, like a box van, that pulls up round the back of the building. Um, you catch a glimpse, something cleaning co, 
at the back so it's probably the cleaning staff seems to be outsourced rather than uh, rather than Caduceus having its own um, own cleaning staff not unusual for office blocks as well in New York so it's a fairly regular site you've probably seen a van like this maybe once or twice while you're here but you do notice figures in the white overalls coming out and seeming heading hitting inside the loading bay and then that disappears out of sight as you say with your painted bottom of the sphere and you arrive on the roof now the roof of the Medium building is mostly a dome but there are flat bits around it so you've got areas which are flat if you wanted to land or if you wanted to set them to hover mode you can probably put them like a foot off the ground so you can then jump out and then it will remain hovering so it's like flat flat with a dome in the middle one of those yeah. kind of buildings okay that's it so we'll be at, we'll land on the flat side where the office is mm-hmm. yeah there's basically the two wings as it were of the building up here where the flat bits are one of them is directly over Meadham's office the other one at the other end of the building is over the conference room that you know is up there ah so yeah you, you can land on the one that's above his office uh, there are skylights so you can see looking oh. through the uh, the windows down below you can see into the office uh, oh. the lights are on but no one is home maybe we can just open up one of the skylights and you can just drop in What do you think, Connor? Well, if it works, I didn't bring any rope, though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna look around on. Uh, I'm gonna look around the skylight and see if there's like any wires, like uh, the thing is rigged to uh, set off an alarm at the, at the skylight. And if I do see that, then he'll just have to go through the side. Give me a spot hidden roll. A seven. Okay. You have a look around the skylight and then also around the edge of the building. Um, you notice there are plenty of holes that are was drilled into the concrete and the stone around here, mm-hmm. where once upon a time, fire escapes might have been. It looks like someone has gone to great, uh, great trouble to remove all the ways of getting up to the top floor. I see. And maybe someone in their confidence thinks, well, if no one can get up here why bother wiring the skylight right. so my so, yeah, my, there's, there's no, no my assumption that if there is a night guard they're probably a couple of floors down because we know that you can't get all the way up without going through the whole reception thing and and stuff they wouldn't need to come in here exactly all that right. so uh it's your call connor you could probably just go right over the edge and into the window and if, if we go through the, the skylight, I can just, you know, lower you down. Look how big is the skylight? It's kind of the size of a fairly large window. Um, okay. So it's mainly designed not to open fully, uh, but mainly to arc up about 45 degrees. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll just go through that. This is easier right. than climbing down. So we'll arc it up and then just, if you need, if you need a hand down or hand up. Mm-hmm. Two of us one one of the things you can do because there are multiple uh, there are multiple of these skylights providing plenty of light into the uh, into the room below. Uh, one of them is directly above Medum's desk. You think you could dangle yourself down and then st- uh, basically land on the desk, and you still then have enough room to stretch your arms up and pull yourself back up. Oh, that's perfect. Exit. And you've got a lightning gun. I have a lightning gun. 
You also probably this. have a, a a net gun. And a net gun, and this new face of my. Yeah. Okay, so rather than ask for a climb roll, uh, just give me a dex roll to see if you put your foot on something and break it on the desk. Just see whether you leave any telltale signs. Ooh. Oh, eight. No, you, you're able to success. jump. You're able to jump down there like mittens. You uh, you land with all grace and stealth and don't uh, don't break anything. Even the nice little pen on the stand uh, is completely intact. Um, what looks actually like a little gerbil cage as well that's been left out um, but has no gerbil in it. You, know, you avoid to make sure that it isn't uh, isn't crushed. And yep, you can then sort of jump off the edge of the desk and you are stood beside Medum's impressive chair and his wonderful uh, double mahogany partner's partner's desk. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll try the combination I've learned on the safe, see if that still works. Oh, yeah, that still opens. Uh, you have a quick route around in there and find that there is definitely some new, um, some new papers in there. There are a few of them. Um, in fact, by the look of it, there are well, there's definitely five that when you skim through them, you don't recognize these at all. These are various memoranda and reports that look as though they've been typed up on Caduceus letterhead. So whether you want to take uh, to read them now or take them and read them later, that's that's the choice. Uh, I'll, I'll look through them now. Okay. Right. Here is your first one. I have some time before Adi retrieves me anyway. Mm -hmm. I go help them break into the library. Dr. Victor Gonzalez, Caduceus Chief Researcher, Medium Building, New York City, March 6, 1933. Summary of research on Cobra Crown. Although we have yet to determine if there is any truth to the rumors that the Cobra Crown has resurfaced in Calcutta, my research team has managed to find many details about the crown and its power in our library. The key facts that we have. Corroborated from multiple sources can be summarized as follows. The Cobra Crown was created by the Serpent People before recorded history. It has been referenced in various myths and historical texts as allowing its wearer to command snakes and reptiles. There is no indication that this extends to control over Serpent People. Putting on the crown involves some sort of tribal or trial or ordeal. Only those found worthy are then granted its power. The Cobra Crown is said to be paired with the Serpent Scepter. Both are reputed to be located in the Temple of the Dreamer in Bolivia. We will be able to confirm this when our field team recovers the Dreamer. Given the sightings of the Crown across Asia over the past 2,000 years, it seems likely that it has long since been stolen from the Temple. There have been no mentions of the Serpent Scepter being seen with it. Given your personal interest in the Cobra Crown, I have taken the liberty of putting one of the company's aircraft on standby to take you to Calcutta as soon as we confirm that this is not another false lead. I have also reserved a suite at the Grand East at the Great Eastern Hotel for the next two months to ensure its availability at short notice. Our informants in Calcutta have warned us that the internet is active in the area and that your daughter has also taken an interest in gaining control of the crown. I suggest you approach with caution, Gonzalo. Okay, that's the, the first memo that you definitely don't recognize from being there previously. And the next one. Dr. Sergio Cerqueria, uh, Station Chief, Caduceus Field Office, uh, Santos, Brazil, February 27th, 1933. Mission update. Uh, Ilha de 
Quimanda, uh, Grande, the research provided by Dr. Gunn, Salves has proved correct. After following his most recent suggestions, the Ela de Camila Grande field team succeeded in stabilizing the portal. Unfortunately, they were unable to confirm that the exit point is located on Mu and have had to close the portal for the foreseeable future. When our research failed to indicate, what well, our research failed to indicate is that either the portal or possibly the exit point is guarded. Shortly after opening the portal, the field team was assaulted by a large unidentified reptilian creature. The creature proved not only violent, but also capable of some act of sorcery that resulted in the deaths of all but one member of the field team. The bodies were torn apart and in most cases were rendered unidentifiable. We have since replenished the field team and wish to proceed with caution. Are you able to offer any advice on this entity and how it may be neutralized? Dr. Carrera, uh, this, is, this sounds like the old enemy still bearing a grudge about your ancestors, harnessing of their god. We have, we had hoped they had abandoned Yadasko in the millennia since Mu's departure, but apparently they are tenacious. There may be enough of the reptile in their nature that the Copa Crown may provide a means to control or neutralize them. I advise stepping up search efforts in Calcutta as current research supports our conjecture that this is that it is the most likely location. That's all. Okay. And number three. Dr. Victor Gonzalez, Caduceus Chief Researcher, Medium Building, New York City, April 30th, 1933. Update on the activities of the Inner Night. Our informants within the Inner Night have recently provided the last pieces of information I needed to piece together the scope of their current activities. I regret to inform you that the situation is even worse than we had believed. Uh, Cheshanal uh, appears to be mirroring our efforts to reach Mu. She may also be mirroring, monitoring our activities, ready to take the gate for herself once we have made it safe. At minimum, I recommend that we proceed with the extreme countermeasure we discussed deploying around the Ahade Quadimita Grande. This should at least stop any unauthorized vessels from approaching the island. Once on Mu, it appears that the Internet plan to return the island back to our plane of existence and activate the volcano network that your ancestors constructed in the Citadel, which some of our more excitable research researchers refer to as the Doomsday Device. If the Internet were to succeed, our current estimate is that the surface of the Earth would be total, would become uninhabitable for many hundreds of years. This would affect not only my race, but yours as well. The Internet appears to have access to subterranean facilities that will allow them to survive while the rest of us perish. Under no circumstances must we allow Sessional or any other member of the Internet to reach the Citadel. If they have other unknown means to do so before, before we can make our own way to Mu, not only are our own plants imperiled, so is our very existence. And number four. <clears throat> Dr. Victor Gonzalez, uh, etc., etc., May 3rd, 1933, update on the activities of the Dreamer. After debriefing employees and agents who have interacted with Tyrannish, often referred to as a Dreamer by said individuals, we believe that we have established some troubling details. Tyrannish's allegiance lies not with Yig or Thasagua, but with Katana Thoa. This makes her an unknown factor in the current conflict. 
on learning more about the current schism between our faith and worshipers of the abomination, she has become openly hostile to both of us. She believes that your people have lost their way and that it is her role to fix the problems you have created. She has taken an unsettling degree of interest in our experiments with hybridization technology. In fact, if her claims are to be believed, she may even have invented this technology during her days on Moo. In conversation with some of her more trusted confidants, Tiernish has expressed an interest in returning to Moo and the Citadel in particular. In combination with her interest in hybridization technology, this makes me fear that she has plans to make use of the facilities there to effect a change on a massive scale. She has also developed an obsession with the location of the Cobra Crown. It is possible that she has the same plans for it as we have. My recommendation is that Tiernish be treated as hostile. She is too useful a link to the past to eliminate completely, but we cannot in any way rely on her cooperation. My fear is that she will become a grave threat to our, to our plans as Sashanal Gonzalez. And the last one. Excellent. Once again, this is from Dr. Gonzalez on April 10th, 1933. Research on the facilities available at the Citadel. Before I present my report, please let me apologize for the uh, paucity of the detail. It has been unexpectedly difficult to find written records about Citadel. Much of the information we have been able to, to collate comes from Tiranish, and I fear that her, her heretical beliefs and hostility to our, our organization makes her un an untrustworthy source. Assuming the Citadel has survived the past 10,000 years, we may be able to expect the following. The amount of energy available to the Citadel and its systems is essentially unlimited. Ancient writings refer to your ancestors harnessing the power of a god. Given the location of Yadafgo and Tiranish's hostile reaction when, when pressed for details, we can assume the god in question is Gatanathoa. The proximity to Gatanathoa presents potential danger. Multiple sources give dire warnings about the curse placed upon those who would look upon the god. The recent incident at the Medum estate would indicate that this is not merely superstition. Tiranish confirms that there are large-scale manufacturing facilities available at the Citadel. It appears that we will be able to create any biological agents you require. There, will also, there are also facilities for the assembly of biomechanical entities, and Tiranish believes that they would allow the mass creation of insects. There are mechanisms in place for the manufacturing control the transport spheres. We believe these may be connected to the operation of the so-called doomsday device. There are automated defense systems protecting the Citadel, although these may no longer be active. Tiranish last saw the Citadel long before the final fate of Mu and, it is, and is unable to confirm the reports of newer, stronger defenses. At the risk of being too forthright, may I please request that you share the rest of your plans for the use of these facilities with me. I can offer much more informed advice if I know what resources you may require. There you go. Beside that, it looks like a lot of the safe, uh, previous things like um, stashes of money and other, other such items there, are gone. And having a flick through some of the drawers, uh, it looks like, looks like the office hasn't been used in a couple of days. Um, you're getting the impression Medium hasn't been here for a little while. Must have gone to Calcutta. I'm um, searching through any any paperwork or anything. Is there any mention of Johnny? Ooh. Give me a luck roll. Nope, 27 is not good enough. 
27 is not good enough. No, I've spent quite a lot of luck. Oh, okay. Dangerously below, just below that 30. Yep. But um, no, in which case, uh, there's nothing in there that mentions his name at all. Um, you do, you do find a couple of what look to be small, well, not small, but definitely typed out pages that seem to be just a list of names, but there's no context for it. And his name is on that list or no? No. No, it's no. just this list of names, huh? Mm -hmm. Are any of them, do I recognize any of the names on the list? Uh, no, not with the, not with the failed luck rocks. Otherwise, uh, the names you'd recognize all be on the same sheet, which would have included uh, which okay. would have included angels. But you can give me an int roll, or if you've got any, I don't think you have, but if you had any skill that was related to um, etymology of words or names. Well, ninety is a pass <laughs> for the int roll. There's a pass on the int. It's a pass. Okay. Um. Yeah. You, the names don't look don't look American. They don't look uh, well. There wouldn't be names you'd be immediately familiar with. You think they're probably either French or Belgian or Dutch, somewhere in that kind of northern northern part of Western Europe. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, they're they're definitely of that kind of ethnic descent, anyway. But other than that, that seems to be the uh, the majority of the useful stuff that's in the safe at this point. Okay, and now the bookshelf. Um, there are some oh. things like, like the Relier text that I took pictures of last time that I think I'm just going to take now. Um, yeah, that's that's still in uh, that's still in the safe, so you can pick that up where you've uh, got left behind. And just check the other items that he's got there. Oh yes, there's um, a definitely a couple of other books there that you can see, which are definitely the kind of thing that you would uh, kind of picture Gerhardt reading. Okay, so I'm gonna grab I'm gonna grab those things. So anything that is would catch his interest, because this is his private library. So mm -hmm. this is where I assume the goods are. Yeah. Now, a lot of it does seem, even though it's his private stash, does seem to be fairly mundane, but still a fairly high quality. I mean, there's plenty of books on uh, pharmacy, uh, medical procedure here, anatomy, and so on. Um, but there's there's two in particular, which are definitely the ones that you then are able to, to lift. Uh, they don't have titles on them. But if you to flick through them, say you, this gives you the idea of the kind of thing that makes you think, yep, yeah, this is what uh, what Gerhardt would read. Uh, you have an English translation that looks like it may date back to the likes of the 15th century. This is old, so you really have to be careful picking this thing up. Uh, the title on one of the first few pages that you flick into it says that it is a translation of the Book of Ibon. And then... Another one is more of a pamphlet. It's uh, very much a slimmer volume, but it's tucked along, alongside this book um, that says that it is notes on the Xanthu tablets. Hmm. So I'll take those and their Villiers texts and... Mm -hmm. um, and take them back up to, uh, to Gerhard on the roof. After, after I uh, 
carve a little symbol into the desk. <laughs> that wonderful mahogany mahogany desk now has a a grinning little hairy to uh, horned toad glaring up where Medum can't possibly miss it if he was to sit down at the front uh, sit down on his desk or at his desk rather not on it and then I will go back up okay so after a little while Connor emerges with a stack full of papers and a couple of well one big book and one pamphlet book right can we and assume that the... while he was doing that mm -hmm. We were doing the other operation. Yeah, and then meeting back up on, right. on the roof afterwards. Right. So while he is going through and reading the uh, the various letters, you are heading downstairs. Right. So this will be you're floating down and then going in through a window. Are we going to go through a window? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. All right. So we'll have to take turns. I'll take each of you down one at a time. Mm -hmm. I, I'm thinking just just before we go, I'm like, you know, it's it's a shame we didn't grab. Like from the van downstairs, if we grab cleaning outfits, if somebody sees you, they'll just think you're cleaning. Yeah, it's, it's nighttime. It's, it's uh, yeah, I doubt dark. this. They're not going to clean the library. So two pods down at once, so we can transfer faster. Yep. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, okay. You could just hover there. Oh, no, the no, thing no, is, no, but... is that when you put the stuff in my pod, then nobody else can get in my right. pod. Exactly. I'm going to have to go up and get another pod anyway. Yep. So, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. That's what we're planning on doing. Okay. I'll have to go back and forth a few times. All right. They are both on the same floor. So they're both on the seventh floor, the, uh, the filing room and the... Well, so they even have their reference library here as well, but also their storeroom. So, you've got a couple of windows in here. You know that it's a, a sturdy door on the inside, so that it's, it's very unlikely at this time of night that you're going to be disturbed. And as you say, no cleaners are really going to come in here because it is, it is accessed by you know, Caduceus members only. You doubt they give their, their outsourced cleaning keys to get into such secure rooms as this. Right. So it sounds like from what you were saying earlier, you're basically going, anything that looks interesting... You're pilfering it. Yeah. So. I was even to... thinking that uh, if there's too much of it, we can take it out of here, take it up onto the roof, and leave it up on the roof, and then make a couple of trips back and forth to the yeah. lab. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we'll take this as, because there are two rooms. Uh, first of all, give me a spot hidden roll specifically. So this is going to work a little differently than your normal trips in here. 38, which is just shy of a hard. I'll spend a couple luck points. Okay, yeah, if you want to make it hard, that'll definitely give you a better result. Anyone else with better than hard? Uh, just a hard. I'm okay. just ferrying the stuff back and forth, so I'm not... I'm like, That's, you're, yeah. yeah, you're you're on the, uh, on the sphere. Alright, in which case then, Gerhardt and Dr. Valance find pretty much at the same same kind of time that as you're looking through um, the books in here, this is in the storeroom rather than the filing room, um, you're looking through piles of or boxes of, oh yeah, Flying Fang's got them. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a flame pistol, already got one of those. 
Um, you do spot a book that you're fairly sure you hadn't noticed in here before, um, tucked away behind um, behind something. Uh, you can give me a d6 roll to see what that something is. So this is just just the one of you rolls this well, one. Oh, go for it, Gerhard. This is yeah, more uh, up your area, I bet. A three. Okay, it's behind a flame pistol. So you have a, a small box with this thing in it. It's mainly as you're kind of going, oh, yeah, I've seen I've seen a hundred of those in Iceland just uh, just a few days ago. Um, but your eyes glance past it, and there is tucked away the back of the shelf in this darkest recess what looks to be a book. Look. Ooh, what have you got there? I opened the front cover. Okay. Um, there's a small little um, kind of ex libris book plate in there, uh, which notes that apparently it's come from, uh, of all things, the collection of a British peer. So it's a Lord Burns, and the name is fairly, uh, fairly irrelevant after that. But the title on the page opposite declares that this is the Sussex Manuscript, and that it is a translation of the fabled Necronomicon of the Mad Arab Abdul Al-Hazred, or at least a partial translation. Do I know anything about that yet? I've heard. Oh, that book! Over. That book's been mentioned all over the place in your uh, your research. You know that. You know that this this is only a partial translation, so it might not even. It's kind of completeness may be a little dubious, but you've still got a little shard of the Necronomicon, effectively. And look at Marcella. This is the greatest book ever written. And I Wonderful. stick it Pocket in my... Let's press on. Okay. All right. So having a look around the rest of the room, uh, you can give me a, a normal D6 roll for other items that may come up that may be of interest. Take this one. Two. Okay, uh, two. Okay, you do find another box of what look to be uh, winged vipers, those um, darts that you can throw, the ones that have the kind of paralyzing effect. So you've got a few more of those. Excellent. Gather them up, put them in one of my little side pouches. Okay. And what, did, what was Gerhardt's other roll? Oh, I thought it was just one roll I let him. No, it was one for the just to see what the book was hidden behind. A, a six. Oh, okay. I may have got the uh, the winged vipers confused with the thing uh, thing here, the flying uh, flying fang. Now, you've already got flying fangs. I'll go over what the winged viper is first, though. But I'll give you the other thing that you find in here. I get these two confused. Here we are, winged vipers. Uh, these are small, elaborate jade, jade carvings around four inches in length, resembling stylized snakes and wavy bodies and sharply pointed tails. Um, so similar to a flying fang, you can use these as a throwing dagger. Um, but, ooh, give me a, if you're having a look over this, you can give me either your choice of a, this is between you, you can either give me your choice of a, uh, mythos roll or spot hidden? We could both roll, or yeah, you because uh, you you both seeing what each other's picking up, so you can easily 
Can I apply my uh, keen eye to the spot hidden? Oh, yes. Oh, excellent. I failed both. I got a 95, so I failed both. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm thinking about Alhazard. <laughs> yeah, you're kind of bask, basking in this glory. <laughs> a regular pass. Okay. Um, yeah, they're, so they're innately carved. There is, there are little traces of blood in between the scales. But when you're looking at it and say, yeah, you're definitely, this would be kind of applicable as a throwing dagger. But why is there blood all over it that's dried between all of the scales? Surely you'd think that if it was at the sharp pointy end, that makes sense. But why is it also in the handle? It's almost as if it's been immersed in blood at some point. It's sort of ritualistic. Mm-hmm. Maybe it, when it stabs you, it sucks your blood. Hmm. Is it human blood or is this snake person blood? Oh, it looks human. So yeah, that's uh, some, that's something for a little uh, further examination. Yes, definitely. Then Correct. with with Gerhardt's one because you've already got fly, flying fangs. Um, mm-hmm. I'll knock it down to the kind of the next one. Uh, you find it's another box, um, almost like a metal flight case. Um, when you open it up. This thing, it looks completely different to anything you've seen previously um, in here. It's almost like a cone. Uh, Let me just get the description here. Yeah, it looks almost like a, a cone that has Parts of it, you think, are maybe designed for some kind of appendage to hold the thing, but not by human hands. Uh, Give me a mythos roll to see if you can identify what type of creature may have held this. 17. So that, I believe, is... I didn't update. Sounds like a hard... Yeah, that's the hard... Yeah, because it's under 25, so yeah, it's pretty pretty close. Um, you think this is Elder Thing tech. Oh. Um, there's definitely you think you could probably replicate because the Elder Things had a had, had a habit of making all of their items five-sided, or at least five uh, was a big number in their component. This thing also looks like a cone that has five sides and ends with a pentagon on one on one end. And at various points you think, well, yeah, that's a that looks like a button or a pressure plate there. This is where they obviously held it because there's kind of a grip mechanism at the back. And then maybe the other hand or the other appendage came forward and pushed various bits of it. You have, well, as you roll a, as you roll a hard, you know that it's definitely Elder Thing tech. You think this is some kind of a device that manipulates forces. Um, as it's direct, you direct it, and then you can use the controls to say, manipulate something in its field of range. Um, probably gravity. Wow. I explained that to Marcelo with in a hushed tone. Yes. I was going to have a field day with this. Sure, yeah. 
Well, that's the that's the kind of limit of all the because this has been like the storeroom. This is normally where you're going to find items rather than paperwork. Right. So if you then want to head out back to Odd, go along and then but hop in the can, filing room, that'd be where you find documents. Can we grab some sort of filing box and just load all those other the flame pistols or whatever? Just fill the box with whatever tech we find. Yeah, oh, the storage boxes, have... yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we'll, we'll drop it off with um, with Audi first. That way he can... I'll take it up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this weird-looking five-sided cone thing that's in there looks looks pretty weird. It's an elder thing device. I think it might be anti-gravity. Well, well, we'll see what we can come up with. Mm. Then you're hopping around the corner and going into the filing room, yes? Yes. Taking a careful, stealthy look first. Mm -hmm. Oh, again, the same, same as the storeroom, but at this time of night, there's definitely not going to be anyone in there. So, what kind of things are you looking for in here? Anything Eldritch? Anything... Tomes. Tomes. The, uh, mm -hmm. Studies. Uh, Any uh, techie, techie device diagrams. How yeah. big is this library? Like, would it be like 10,000 books or well, 500? A, that's, that's a different room. There is the reference library, uh, which is which is down the corridor from in uh, from here as well. But you know from having been in there that that is fairly mundane reference material. There's nothing that would be considered like esoteric in there. Um, okay. Otherwise, you think probably if there had been something dangerous, Meaden would have given everyone access to it. But you know from previously having look looking around here in the filing room that there are occasionally some weird things, memos uh, and other esoteric documents that get misfiled or end up in here. Well, my point is, would it take us a half hour to empty this room? Or would it be three, uh, three day job or something? Uh, there's just rows upon rows of filing cabinets and, yeah. um, and stacks of boxes. Um, the stocks of boxes of loose paper and folders. And you could empty it. The problem being, again, with your transport spheres, you can only carry so much. Right. Just get the important stuff. Stuff yeah, that so important. If there's nothing that looks important, just forget it. I'll yeah. take a look for some important stuff, but regardless, I'll still fill at least a couple of file boxes up. You never know. Could have your assistant go through it in her leisure. <laughs> okay, so you're looking through for anything weird or important. Anything yeah, related and... to some of these things we've been to? Anything related to Mo? Anything related to Calcutta? Anything related to, uh, what did we say, Brazil now? Um, mm -hmm. Did we start in Britain? No, we started in Bolivia. Are we going yeah. right back to Brazil? We could have just done that in the very beginning. We were right next to it. Mm. Brazil. Hopping back down to South, Af uh, South America. And what's uh, Dr. Valens looking for? I'll be looking for uh, any uh, technical information, whether it's uh, uh, things that would be uh, constructed like Audi's specialty or anything that might be biological, medical, chemical, drugs sort of information that would be my uh, expertise. But as far as mythosy, occulty things, that's so far beyond me. I, I will leave that to the realm of, uh, of Gerhard, unless something leaps out. If something seems very particularly along that path, so I'll, I'll uh, grab that. 
but most... anything gate related if you find anything about gates yes uh, okay right so Gerhard and the good doctor can both give me library use rolls oh yes Darn it. Uh, okay. Okay, I will get the luck back. Okay, I'm going to spend. Oh, this is so painful. 23 luck. Oh, I would 23. Oh, that's... I just want to make sure this is a worthwhile trip. <laughs> Okay, well, if, you, if, you, if you're spending that much luck, I'm going to give you something that you like. And Gerhardt? 23. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's why I was laughing when you said it. That's a you know, there's a, film that, there's a film that could be made about the significance of that number. Yeah. <laughs> right. In which case, Gerhardt, then, you're looking through again for anything that kind of strikes up you know, with the list, list of your own things that you've mentioned and also odd suggestions uh, you come across there isn't a handout for this but you can uh, kind of get the general idea of um, of what's going on here that it does seem to be a discussion of how gates work and also experiments around the creation of a particular gate and also some very odd photos that have been uh, posted in this as well that it looks like um, a gate can be made in a couple of different ways that you can allocate a or identify a particular let's say call it point a you can connect it to point b and by a hyperspatial geometry and the bending of space and time you can link those two points to make travel between each point instantaneous um, there is a cost depending on how far or how close those two points are for the traveler to go through so it's not a it's not like a free ticket it's not like a door you just step through that there is definitely a cost that would be involved um, there have been attempts to try and cre uh, create gates which travel across boundaries of different layers of reality to where for instance Mu is now because it's out of phase and that such attempts have been made at a particular site it doesn't uh, go into the, uh, the details of where that site is but it says that because of reference to the pro close proximity to Gitanathoa, that there may well be an issue with trying to directly port into the Citadel itself on Mu, that various people or various subjects that have been in the presence when that gate has been opened have been petrified. And this is what's referred to as Gitanathoa's curse, that the people that behold the god become very in a petrified state kind of similar to what you've seen with the snakes that were the snake people that were turned to, to stone and the vormis that were turned to stone in iceland but they become a more leathery um exterior so they don't grow stone but just they almost become mummified and some of the photos go up close to the eyes of some of the poor unfortunates that this has happened to in the poses they're trying to everything in horror uh, of holding up their hands to try and shield their eyes some of them in mid-turn trying to run away their eyes still show that they're alive inside that state so beholding the true visage of Gatanathoa is something you probably don't want to be doing and then also in this um it makes mention of gate boxes as being another method by which you can uh, 
for which you can fold space in on itself. Rather than being two fixed points, they create two points that are intrinsically linked in themselves, but they can move. So you wow. travel from one box to another. That's amazing. And tucked away in the back of the folder, there are some what look to be technical schematics of how to build such boxes. Nice. So if you spend the time, you can potentially learn the gatebox spell. And Dr. Valans, as, you're, uh, as you spent a lot of luck, you're finding that there's various different folders here where there are, again, more esoteric uh, in nature that you're flicking through and going, this, this doesn't make much sense. This is, all, this is all weird stuff that kind of Gerhardt would, would love, but you haven't really got a clue what the hell it means until you spot one particular, uh, one particular phrase that it refers to essential salts and ye liveliest awfulness as it's a little text that discusses how to bring back the dead. Oh my. Oh. So rather, rather um, from your lines of, um, lines of inquiry and research where you're looking at methods to re uh, kind of revivify a corpse um, this is reducing a corpse almost in an alchemical method down to its essential salts and then being able to resurrect it from its core chemical components. So maybe if your own research eventually led you down a blind alley, this might be an alternate path to try and follow. Oh, certainly. Yeah. I will, uh, I will, let's see, I will do my best to snap out of reading more all day here. <laughs> oh, okay. Yes. I collect myself wrap it up hold it tightly and oh this will be good yep that will give you the chance when you peruse this in more detail later this will give you the chance to learn the resurrection spell oh yes oh, it's so hard to keep looking but but yes okay uh, yeah odds kind of impatiently waiting outside the window <laughs> kind of just gesturing give me okay. give me the stuff if we could read all the all stuff right. when we get back okay all right all right so i'll, I'll quietly go over and, and hand off here. God, you're gonna love this. Schematics for gate boxes, traveling through dimensions and lands. All right. Um, so whatever I need to do, a couple trips back and forth, um, and distribute this evenly. By then, Connor probably comes up. I get yep, the other two meeting. guys. You're meeting on the roof about the same time. All right. All right. Looks like we got some stuff to go through. Yes. This was a score, totally. Got to get to the basement, but we're not going to do that tonight. I have, I have to sleep for eight years first. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Right after that. I need to read as I tap my pocket. I need to sleep. Because then I want to have a nice cup of coffee in the morning and read that schematic. I give you the whole pat file folder of all the gate boxes. There's a yeah. spell in there for them too. For spell? Okay. That's your that's your that's your area of expertise. Let's get the hell out of here. Yes. Some some people say spell. Some people say science. 
on that note then as the sun is starting to rise off in the distance and you can see the definitely the all maybe not coming over the horizon just yet but you can definitely see the sky starting to light up ahead of the kind of pre-dawn um, you zip across the city back over to your lab land on the roof and head back inside for the night getting ready to have a nice night's sleep ahead of consuming all this juicy material in the morning I think that's a good point where we can leave it for tonight excellent oh, man. Our, our players included Stuart Lively, Jason Melanchok, Morgan Llewellyn St. Fleming and myself Zane will be here next week uh, with Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of the secrets we're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Riley, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming.